This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, what a good goal! Mike Hennig's foul! Far post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Catch to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! Well, how the devil are you? It has, isn't it? Season debut. I feel like I've missed the first three games suspended for some postseason frivolity or something. But I'm back. I'm back. That's good because the the complaints have simmered down since your last episode. So um, it's good. It's good to have you back. What a week it has been, Terry. Glenn Hoddle has been photographed in a Nirvana t-shirt. Now, as impressed as I was by this, and I was impressed, I can help but think that if I was to ask Glenn Hoddle what his favourite Nirvana album was, I'd put good money on him replying something along the lines of the very best of Nirvana, um, despite them only releasing three studio albums. But I hope he proves me wrong. So with these sensational events in mind, let's play a game. I'm going to name a former Swindon Town manager, and you will name a band T-shirt that you can envisage this person wearing are you clear do you want to play i'm 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 all in although just bearing in mind among the ls pod contributors i am by far the worst at popular culture so this could be a disaster i don't know dan hunt isn't very good so you know that would be quite a quite a pop culture off so we'll start one mark cooper what band t-shirt is he wearing five (laughs) well i gave him a bit more credit i said rolling stones or the beatles morris malpass Oh, Morris Malpass. The Proclaimers, of course. Of course. It could have been Big Country or Run Rig 2. Danny Wilson. Danny Wilson. Sheffield boy. I'm going to go Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, I went with the band Danny Wilson. Far too obvious, but Arctic Monkeys would be great. Richie Wellens. Stone Roses. Yeah, it's got to be, hasn't it? I kind of envisage maybe some Idols, Fontaines, DC, but he'll stick to Manchester, won't he? Ben Garner. Uh, Ben Garner, tricky one. Mm. I'm going to go Newton Faulkner. (laughs) Well, interestingly, I went with Coldplay or a plain white t-shirt because he doesn't like music. I think a plain white t-shirt because he doesn't like bands. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, our very own, our current, Scott Lindsay. Oh, Scott. (laughs) Uh, I don't really know enough about Scott Lindsay to. I reckon he's got some like really deep, dark, um, unhidden passion. I'm going to go like Slipknot. 
Limp Bizkit. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I went with ACDC, a little bit more mainstream, but along the same lines. Yeah, exactly. Like Something, something very unexpected. Yeah. Terry, you did very well on that, I must say. Thanks. I just named bands that I knew. I didn't know any of the bands that you sort of countered with. I think you made half of them up. Not a band called Danny Wilson, come on. Oh, yeah, that absolutely was. Mary's <laughs> Prayer was the song. Um, but yeah, send us your equivalents. That'll be fun. Last week, well, in midweek, Terry, Swindon lost in the Carabao Cup. And as I mentioned in the last presser, there was no major desire to analyse this from those who were in attendance. And, you know, three regulars went to the game. I guess it's a case of if you pick a Papa John's side, you'll get a Papa John's result. I think the general consensus is that a slightly stronger eleven would have been nice. We showed that game as much respect as Scott Lindsay did. Um, (laughs) It's a long time ago now, but I'm still utterly baffled by it. (laughs) There is just no third game of the season, desperate for some momentum, desperate for any sort of positivity. Just, just play a load of kids and go out to go out to a, a, another mid-table League Two team. Really frustrating. Mm. But, um, it was a bit of a bit of a thread of frustration, I suppose, at the moment, isn't it? Good lord, yes. Okay, then. So three games in in the league, and two points out of a possible nine as Swindon earned themselves a one-one draw at Carlisle with Jacob Wakeling scoring his first EFL career goal and Town's first goal of the Scott Lindsay era. Very quickly, the lineup for this one was Brinning goal, a back four of Baudry, Hutton, McDonald and debutant Fraser Blake Tracy, Reed Gladwin and Kahn in the centre of midfield with Wakeling and Williams on the wings, and McCurdy up front. So I guess this was all about the formation change, really, wasn't it? That was the big news, wasn't it? Um, didn't really work for me, to be honest. I, I, I understand the clamour to, to four at the back. I actually quite like a three at the back. Um, but not a three-five-two. I think it's just a really rigid, old-fashioned shape that doesn't work. But yeah, the the masses got there, got what they demanded in the end with four at the back and a, a flat back four of that. But I think the, the the bit that didn't really work for me was just just didn't have enough goal threat on the pitch at all. And I think if you're going to play that four-three-three, which is sort of how I read it, it's sort of transition between a four-three-three and a four-diamond two. I just think you need a bit more thrust and a bit more dynam- dynamism in in the midfield. So, you know, don't have any problems with the shape. I have, do have concerns around patterns of play and also just the lack of just the lack of thrust. I think the the the, the one thread, a, a sort of the one common theme in in the games that I've watched so far this season, um, really really apparent. Walsall, especially in the second half, that second goal is a perfect example. But also most of yesterday, it's just. The, the other, the other, the, the other team just seemed to be so much more up for it. Just pressing, harrying, really high intensity, and we just seem to just be really lackadaisical in everything we do. Just passengers, um, really slow, unengaged, and just really lacking any real dynamism. So I thought, look, change of shape, fine. I personally would have liked to have seen a bit more goal threat. I, I would like to have seen maybe Aguiar get a start. And also, I quite like the idea of Tyree Shea playing further up the pitch on a, on a wide in a wide position um, instead of Johnny Williams, purely because we we just need a bit of direct running and a bit of intensity up there, and we just really lacked that. I think Scott Lindsay will be listening to this if he was saying, "Well, hang on," and you'll hear a lot of this in the listener reaction that we were creating in this game far more than we did previously. Is that more of a case of? Fantastic, we're closer to neutral in that respect, or was there genuine improvement in, in, in this game? I mean, let's be frank, it would be impossible to create less, wouldn't it? You know, we had a, a total XG in, the, in our first three games of the season, if you take away the PEM, which is which is um, standard practice when you're, when you're looking at XG, XG data, of, le- of less than 0.9 total. Um, so we actually exceeded that in a single game on Saturday. So yeah, definitely marked improvement. Um I would I would argue that that's just that's just default by having arguably more attacking players on the pitch. So I guess a, a, a modicum of of credit for recognizing recognizing that change in shape. Um, terrifying that we had to sign a left back on loan to do it. Week three of the season, but um, but but there we go. After signing thirteen players before then, 
so not much flexibility and not much um not much um room for maneuvering the squad at the minute but yeah it, it was better but what i will say it was by no means good Carlisle, I, I think Carlisle were, were significantly better than us. A depleted Carlisle being better than us is not a situation I want to be in a, 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 ever, frankly. Yeah, I don't know if it was uh, Connor's friend who let him know on Friday, I think it was, that they have 10 players out. Um, but but yeah, that, that's a significant hit. And if it was the other way around, you know, Swindon Town would be the first to say, like, We've got ten players out at the moment, but from all accounts, or by all accounts, they did pretty well, Carlisle. Yeah, they 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 just looked really well drilled. More importantly, they just had a great intensity to them, and and, and that's the thing that we're lacking more than anything at the moment. We were so so off the pace at Harrogate, as we all know. We were miles off it at Walsall second half, um, and first half against Salford, we were miles off it. The second half of home solved is a bit of an anomaly because backs against the wall, ten men, you just hunker down. It's a very different game that that, that sits outside of of any sort of analysis. I think personally, and it is just the lack of the lack of intensity and the lack of dynamism in the team is 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 what's really concerning at the moment. I think. How do we fix that? I really don't know, Rich. I'm I'm hoping, praying that we just have to be patient with this group of players, and it's just a time thing. But then. If, if it is just a time thing and they need to get used to playing with one another and they need to build up their fitness and all of this stuff, then that's our own doing. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was our own it was our own decision making that meant we took five weeks to hire our assistant manager. Um, and we've had the same preseason everyone else has had. And actually, we did most of our business earlier than we normally do. So I'm not really into buying any of these excuses about time and patience. We've had the same amount of time as every other team that we've played and and have been miles off it. So I really don't know. I think um I think I think unless unless Scott Lindsay's trying to do something really, really, really clever that, that none of us can see and is taking genuinely weeks and weeks to bed in with the players, I'm really not sure how we how we how it gets better. We know we're we know we're probably one player short in the squad, but bringing in that number nine isn't going to change everything because frankly, you could you could have Carry Kane up front. He's not getting the ball. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's 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 very early in the season. I get and I get all those caveats, and I think things can change quickly. And if I had a pound for every time someone mentioned the Paolo Di Canio season, then I'd have seven pounds. Um, but the, the general direction of travel, I think, more than the more than two hundred and seventy minutes of football is is what's concerning at the moment. Yeah, it's been a proper dumpster fire full of debate within the Swindon fan base in the la- in the last few days or so maybe weeks we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit more maybe a little bit on the Decanio era as well but there were there were some positive moments and I guess that was you know the cherry on that positivity cake was Wakeling's first goal and it was good. Fantastic moment for him, wasn't it? Like, um, you know, I think he's been one of the one of the very, very few bright spots that we've had so far this season. I, I for one, didn't expect him to be starting week two, week three of the season, um, which says a lot about uh, about our other striking options, I guess. But what was really interesting is is in the run up to that goal, the, I only had access to the Carlisle commentary on. Um, um, on the on the uh, TV that I was watching in my Portuguese farmhouse, and they were they were obsessed with this idea that basically our front our front two were, had a combined height of seven foot one, and we and we would have to score the perfect goal. And I think I can see where they're going with that in terms of we had no real direct threat, and the goal was only ever going to come from a, a perfect goal or. A, a, a mistake and a really quick transition, and it, and it was that mistake and quick transition that, that ultimately, ultimately gave Wakelin the um, the opportunity. But he he took the goal very very well, and I think I don't think you'll find many um, many town fans who would begrudge Wakelin being the, the the guy who broke the duck for the season. No, absolutely not. You know, everyone's highlighted his his work ethic um, throughout the the season thus far, and the fact that I, I mean, I I completely agree with you that I don't think anyone expected him to be the number nine, whatever. Um, after game three, 
especially looking at his career, but he's earned it and fair play to him. And, you know, the guy was was rested for the Walsall game outright, which I certainly wouldn't have uh, seen because I would have wanted him starting and, and scoring. But they proved that they made that decision right by by his performance at Carlisle. Yeah, definitely. And and look, I, I really hope he has a, a long and bright career with this. And I think he's showing real sparks of potential. The, the really, really obvious thing to say is he is not a Tyree Simpson or a Josh Davison. You can't build play around enough of him. He should be playing up with someone else or on the wide of, or a wide of a three. I still don't really, unless, unless Tommy Adloy is miles off it, I still don't really know why if we're going three up top, it's not Tommy down the middle with Wakelin and Harry either side. That seems to be the most natural, the most obvious thing to do. But but look, um, Scott Lindsay and Jamie Day obviously see a know significantly more about football than I do, and b watch the boys in training all the time. So I'm sure there's a good reason. But that 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 feels like a more natural fit than the than the front three we started on Saturday. I'd like to ask now whether we look like building on that lead. But when I was following it from afar, it it seemed inevitable that Carlisle would equalise. It's just a shame it happened so late in the half. Yeah, so the game was fairly even, in, but but also in a weird way, it was even sort of possession and territory-wise, but they were they were creating genuine chances and, and that's what we were failing to do, really. Um, the boy, Amari Patrick, has missed an absolute sitter uh, four yards out, somehow scoops it over the bar. They've had two or three other big chances before the goal. And we just look too easy to score against. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I would be very, very surprised if if Carlisle are in the are in the mix for for top seven come the end of the season. But they at times really carved us open, and and, and that's really, really concerning. That we we three or four at the back is completely irrelevant if if individuals aren't at it, and more importantly, as a unit, as a team, we're not defending well. So I certainly didn't begrudge Carlisle their equaliser by the time it came. Um, as I said, they, they they should have equalised 10, 15 minutes before with a couple of great chances. I've watched the Carlisle equaliser throughout your explanation of the minutes building up to it, and it just gets worse and worse every time you I see it. I don't understand that goal. I don't understand what pretty much anyone in a red shirt is doing. <laughs> it's like McDonald's, like, really, like, a cargo ship, isn't he? In that in that moment, and Frenchie's the the worst the worst attempted offside trap uh, offside trap I've ever seen. Like, and no one should ever have that much time through on goal. You got to feel for Solbridge in that situation. Like the the fellow's just got the freedom of Cumbria to to just trot through and and put past him. So yeah, really, it, it shouldn't be that easy, should it? it? It it shouldn't be that easy, and it comes back to just I don't feel like. We're competing. I don't feel like we're competing for for large periods of games at the moment. Um, and when you're not competing for large periods of games, th- those easy goals just happen. And, and we're not going to have anywhere near a successful season if we don't just start competing better immediately. Yeah, in the post match, and I can be corrected here, but when discussing the goal conceded, Lindsay mentioned Sol Brin kicking the ball out. And then doesn't call out anybody else for that. Um, it was like Solbrin kicked the ball. Yes, of course he did. He's the goal. <laughs> like we also lost the first contact, lost the second contact, completely balls up a challenge. Didn't go over runner, and Frenchie just played the worst offside trap I've ever seen. So I'm not going to. I mean, the idea that Solbrin kicked the ball and that that caused the goal was was a little bit strange, wasn't it? Yeah, it, I guess it just wasn't enough depth, but it was the fact that he started by sort of like, well, Solbrin's kicked it out and we've not dealt with it and they've scored from it without like, well, well hang on, this was still preventable. <laughs> I think very funny. week three of the season, it's fair to say that Scott Lindsay and tactical depth don't go hand in hand in post-match press conferences. Um, so you know, he he doesn't give us much. That's for sure. When it when it comes to talking about the game, yeah. How did the, how did the debutant do then? So, well, he gets a little bit of praise from from a couple of listeners in the feedback. But what did you think of Fraser? Mixed bag, to be honest. I think he looked like a par for the course mid table left back on 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 um on that display. But obviously, that's only ninety minutes. So I, I don't think he was. 
um, too sort of involved at the top end of the pitch. I think I think we'd we'd want to see a bit more of that over the coming weeks, particularly with back to back home games. There was times where uh, the young boy on loan from I think he's on loan from Nottingham Forest, isn't he? They're a right sided player. Um, he he there, there were there were times where he did get in and 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 the big Patrick Chance obviously came down that side as well in the back end of the first half. But you know that's that's going to happen. I I don't think he was. Um, he certainly didn't look out of place, but he also didn't look out of place in a good way. If that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Second half, it seemed that we lost a little bit of the edge that that we had in the first, and I think it was described by Lindsay after the game. It was much more end to end. Yeah, we just just didn't have any. We just had no control over the game again. Um, no control, no intensity. That that that's a pretty lethal mix because. In transition, they were they were way better than us. So if it's in that end to end, they're getting men forward quicker. They're defending better. Um, we we had a couple of we had a couple of sort of th- I'm not going to call them half chance, three quarter chances, should we say? Um, but and, and and they've missed they've missed um, a couple of big chances. One particular that that sort of swivelled volley seven or eight yards out that he's put over the bar. But yeah, it, I, I think the game. Did sort of peter out. It was end to end. It was bitty. Um, I think Carlisle will look on that, look back on that as two points dropped when they analyse it. Um, but I think ultimately the heat did take the t- did take its toll. And I think the last 10, 15, it was pretty clear that both teams were sort of happy to just get out of there, um, which is a shame. It, it, it shouldn't be like that, right? It shouldn't be like that. Yeah. I, I'm jumping the gun here because we've got listeners that have made the same observations, two or three. But I remember reading one that specifically, I think it was Max actually that that said it, and you'll hear it in just a moment, saying like Lindsay was talking about how our depth is much better. A lot of fans have said that too since the summer. Then use it, and and then it's it's so hot. So why are we not using our bench? This was infuriating. I. D- like it, the hottest, the hottest day that I can remember us playing football in, and we made two like for like changes with fifteen minutes to go. It's just, it's just bizarre. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. You've got, you've got players sat on that bench who can impact the game. Like, firmly, firmly believe that, um, you know. Tyree Shade coming on that obviously, obviously Tyree Shade did come on, but but coming on with more than thirteen minutes to go probably gets into the game a bit and, and gives us a bit more. Um, we were lacking goal threat. I think getting, as I said, getting Aguilar on the pitch for a bit of goal threat from deep would have been a smart move. There's depth there, and we, which is brilliant to see, but we're just not using it. Right, Ronan Darcy. By I mean, I didn't watch the second half against Salford. Ronan Darcy bowl accounts was outstanding, and yet doesn't get on the pitch like. 15, 20 minutes of a completely fresh Ronan Darcy in 32 degree heat is going to be better than a 70 minute Ben Gladwin. Ben, ben Gladwin was one of our better players, but it doesn't mean that you automatically deserve to play the 90. Just use your depth. It makes no sense. Mm, okay. Well, let's listen to listeners' reaction now and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll see what Scott Lindsay said post match. Here's Reed trying to drive forward, attempts to chip across into the box, headed away by Ellis, won't reach McCurdy, who goes down very flamboyantly there, you'd have to say, under the challenge of Moxon, but Swindon are pressing, trying to win the Carlisle ball outside the box, and Wakeling has done so, and put Swindon into the lead with their first goal of the season after 291 minutes, Wakeling's first goal in professional football. Okay, you know the drill. It's time for listeners' contributions. As always, big thanks to those who sent stuff in. Let's start with Paul Temple, who says, Like 4-3-3, dislike breakdown loose passing in midfield. Hope we get a holding striker soon. Fear we do not have a cutting edge to break into a winning run. Man of the match, Harry McCurdy. Good running and layoff work. He's looking like he is getting back to his best. Debbie says, lucky to survive for a draw. Scott Lindsay says, they are tired, yet doesn't use all five subs on a sweltering day. Defence shaky. It looks like there is no real leadership on or off the pitch. Positives, we scored, and Harry looks sharper. Ben Nichols says, we didn't lose, we scored a goal. 
kept 11 men, undefeated in the last two league games and only conceded one goal in 180 minutes. Slowly getting there. Max also questions substitutes. He says, Scott Lindsay bemoaning fatigue midweek and going on about our squad depth, yet he doesn't use all five subs on the hottest day of the season. Shrug emoji. Merriman says, on that performance alone, Fraser Blake Tracy is a great loan signing, pushes forward with ease and is a big lad in defence. Reads slightly off again, but was sold a pup for his yellow. Very unfair. Better than Salford, lots of improvement. Orient will be tougher. Point was very deserved. Steve Jones says Carlisle not being clinical, probably the bigger reason we got a point, but improved performance with some good individual performances by Baudry, Khan, and Wakeling. Still in need of a big man up front. Jason says there are positives. Wakeling getting a goal, a good performance from McCurdy, and we look far better as a 4 3 3. But Reed had another sloppy game, and that's two in three. Gladwin was off it in this match, and I see no sign of the aggressive front foot high pressing game Lindsay spoke about. Matt Peach says game number four to add to the data collection. Continued worrying signs of a complete lack of identity slash game plan. Says a lot that finishing with 11 men and scoring a goal is a step in the right direction. Wellens is Orient next. You couldn't write it. Adair says the squad we've assembled is decent enough to challenge at the top half of the table. It's very concerning how open we are at the back. At least today we created chances. A pretty drab start to the season, but hopefully we can kick on from here. Not sure about Lindsay, mind. Andy says the balance of the side is off, which is worrying as we built a new side from scratch. Too reliant on Reed, who keeps getting the ball in terrible positions, overplaying and getting caught. Today seemed like an improvement, but I fear that was two teams resigned to a long season. Ian Rogers says a better quality team would have been out of sight today. Please don't let the score fool anyone. If we play like that against Leighton Orient, we'll get absolutely battered. Wakeling looks a great little player, reminds me of a certain Mr. Yates. Niall says better sides beat us 3-4-1, looks slightly more cohesive. Lack of spark, one quality standout. Wakeling won't be with us for long. McCurdy better out wide. Adeloy laugh out loud. DM says, we didn't lose. Half the squad are new signings with less than a preseason behind them. It's August. Hard game against undefeated Orient on Tuesday, though. Basemaster Rich says, much better going forward, but very ropey at the back. Need to stick with 4-3-3 now as it suits McCurdy better. And once he scores, he will kick start, in my opinion. Need more from Reed and Williams. Two players who did well last season are letting us down at the moment. Mike 44939870 says, good to see a score, but a lapse of concentration to concede just before half time. It was a much better performance than against Harrogate, though. Jamie says, McDonald and Baudry impressed me besides the goal. Can man of the match. It's good to see that every game we play, we are improving. James Peacock says, Wakeling man of the match should have stayed on the pitch. Could have made more changes and tried to keep the tempo higher in the last 20 minutes. Green shoots, but still need a lot of improvement. Matt says the formation change helped us going forward, missed some good chances in the second half, though defensively still all over the shop and got lucky with their misses. Reed still looks off it. Not sure what Darcy needs to do to get on. Phil, he should have replaced Gladwin or Khan. Wardy S says take the point in those conditions. Wakeling looks a tidy prospect. Midfield gave the ball away too much. Would have liked to have seen Darcy come on. Khan looking stronger each game and gets my man of the match. Jamie Goodwin says positives. Khan, Baudry, Wakeling, work rate and Harry is looking sharper. Less positives or negatives. Keeper is very shaky. Reed is still on his holidays. More attacking threat today, but still incredibly vulnerable at the back. They could, should have had at least three. Mr. Good says thought we rode our luck at the back. Doesn't appear to be a lot of organisation going on. Midfield didn't offer much protection either. One plus 
was the chances we created. McCurdy and Wakeling desperately needed support up top. Mr. Reeves says, still wondering if this is a hangover from last season for the continuing players, or if we are just generally lacking a bit of quality. Only seen the Salford game fully, but early signs are that we look disjointed and lacking the unity for a cohesive display. Michelle says, not a bad result in the heat. Midfield needs to be tweaked. Losing silly balls. Wakeling was like a breath of fresh air. There is improvement, so that's a positive as long as it carries on each week. Harry seemed to have a flicker back of his spark. Hopefully will be on fire Tuesday. Oh, Bernie Man sends me a South Park gif saying, I'm totally depressed. Oh dear. Pierce says, a very meh game. Not too bad, not too good. Thought midfield overall lacked any real tempo to it throughout the 90. Never really got going. I think Darcy deserves a shot on Tuesday. Swindon Rich says, wasn't there so can't comment on the performance, but we've not lost for two league games now and we have our first goal. Lots to improve on, clearly. Doesn't help switching the lineups each game. Hopefully a consistent team and the wins will come. Paul says, why are we playing Williams in a front three? He's better when he is in central midfield and can get on the ball and try and create. Chris says, not much to like. Reed is still on his holidays. McDonald as captain is laughable. Not enough up front. No leader in midfield. Fear we are stuck with Scott Lindsay for a season. Five subs available in this heat and the most lively sub last week not deployed. We cannot play out from the back. FFS. Warranty Man says, concerned sides that we beat last season have improved and we haven't. And we even may have gone backwards a bit. Bigger tests await, and the next two home games will tell us a lot of where our season is going. Pete Marsh says, car man of the match, green shoots appearing. Notable that Reed and Gladwin were closed down in the first half. Have got to figure out how to stop losing possession cheaply and how to be defensively strong in transition after attacks break down. River Thames Red says, seems a lot of the new lads are understandably taking a moment to find their feet and pace of the game established players not quite clicking either a point away at Carlisle is decent Nick Smith says I'll take a point but surely you use five subs with 30 degree heat Domi says it was decent midfield lacking but glad to have a point well done Wakeling for the goal first of many I hope Kevin Diston says don't think Williams and Gladwin can start together we need more muscle in midfield Tony Claxton says, need Darcy. Happy to see us with four at the back, though. And finally, Rich May, who puts it simply, it's getting better. Okay, so Lindsay said we dominated possession in the first half, made it more end-to-end in the second. We created chances. Um, He definitely gave that vibe that he was highlighting that because they get a lot of stick for the lack of chances and think it was double figures this time. Getting into the position to score was an issue. We looked like a threat. Brunton Park is a tough place to come. And overall, I think he was happy with the draw. Felt that we wanted to be more of an attacking threat. Um, so that's why he's talking about four at the back. 4 3 3 made us more aggressive. Uh, their goal, as, as we've discussed, um, the goalkeeper's kicked it out. He hoofed it and we and we didn't win it. <laughs> we weren't locked in at the back. At times we were in control of possession, but didn't look ready if we lost it. Uh, wanted uh, front free to press. Uh, good to see Wakeling getting off the mark. Was the heat the factor of subs? Wakeling looked to run out of legs. Uh, Williams looked to be tiring. Uh, hard slog for the players today. They put a lot of work in. Weather was the same for both teams. So not going to make a big issue of it. Um, Carlisle themselves made three changes. So that was, it's quite tough analysing Lindsay's post-match. And, you know, he's got points in all all the ones that he does. But at the same time, if you listen to all of them, it's just, we kind of just move on to the next game. We sort of like, okay, that's done now. Let's move on to the next game in the hope that eventually we get those three points so we can have a good time in the post-match. Yeah, he really doesn't give us much at all, does he? Um, in, in terms of genuinely just talking in depth about what happened, I think 
and I, I'm, I'm praying that that's a deliberate thing because he doesn't believe he should share it rather than he doesn't see it. I'm sure we must see he must see half the things that we want to hear from him. I think the one thing that's interesting there is that he wants us to press and yet four games in, we haven't pressed at all, ever. Um, he wanted the front three to press, but he picked Johnny Williams as a left winger. What's that about? Um, very, very peculiar. It, his words and his actions just don't, just don't match up in that, in, in that, I don't think. No, and... Well, the games are beginning to come by thick and fast. Before we go into those, that we've got to deal with the man of the match. It was very close. Not a huge amount of votes, to be honest. I think it was a between McCurdy, Khan and Wakeling. And Wakeling just squeezed by for the listeners' vote. Who gets ours? Yeah, I think you've got to give it to Wakeling as well. I think... Um... He he was he was probably the only player who did everything he could, you know, left everything out there and 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 had the quality in a single moment to to, to win the to to get us off the mark for the season. And um, there's not much more he could have done. McCurdy looked brighter than he has done. Um, I, I'm praying this will mean that we now understand he's not a second striker. Um, he's way better off 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 the side. Um, and, and ultimately, if he'd have taken one of his chances, then I think he could have picked it. But I think you've got to give it to Wakeling after the goal. So fair play to the lad. Yeah. And my only criticism, 22 minutes is way too early for hands cupping ears. Crazy behaviour. Uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows what's, um, what, what he's been... Maybe someone maybe someone secretly threw another fast food item at him. <laughs> OK, so there we go. 1-1. One, one. I think one of the major discussion points within the fan base at the moment is just where our heads are as a as a as a collective is i don't think i've experienced so much soul searching arguing and such damn right certainty from disputing supporters so early into a season that things will either go really well or really badly surely we're not at the stage where fans want lindsay to do badly out of the tail end of the Malpass era, just so they can say they were right. But, you know, those accusations I've been seeing, and I, I, I just simply don't think that's true. And it's been, a like I said at the top of the pod, in terms of, you know, the, 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 the awfulness of social media, whether it be forums or, or Twitter and beyond, it's been quite grim recently within the fan base, hasn't it? It, it, it has. I mean, I think the meltdown about the meltdown is more significant than the meltdown. <laughs> I think that there seems to be, for the first time in a long time, there are two clear schools of thought, and I think whenever you have those two clear schools of thought, then then those two those two factions are always going to clash. Last year, our last year was magic because everybody was on the same, everyone was on the same page. Everybody had low expectation, and 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 the club and and, and the players and the management team delivered way beyond that expectation. There was no one, I mean, apart from that weird couple of weeks where a few strange people thought Ben Garner should get sacked. Nobody really sort of had anything to to moan about with regards to on pitch, and with regards to off pitch, the uh, the the well trotted phrase of legacy issues actually meant something because because we were we were so fresh after uh, you know off the back of summer of twenty twenty one. This year, I think the, the excuses aren't there. Um, which immediately ups the ups the ante and ups the pressure. But we have these two clear factions in the fan base now of, without sort of trying to be, redu- you know, reductionist if that, if that's even a word. Um, you've got half the half the fan base who basically say, why why would you expect us to compete? Like you'd just be glad you've got got a club. And you've got the other half who are basically saying, if we're not competing at League Two level, then what is the point? Um, and I think those two that those two factions are are going to clash. Uh, are they? They absolutely will clash while we main while while we continue on course for our lowest league finish of all time, which is which is seventeenth, I think, in 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 the fourth tier. So until results turn around on the pitch, there is going to be this noise because half, it will be half half the people saying we should be better and half the people saying why what like why 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 are we privileged enough to be better than this um it's it, it's really tricky it's really tricky i have concerns about the squads 
properly the manager too but I definitely definitely I'm not saying one I want him to fail two I think he absolutely definitely 100% will but at the same time it's the arguments that people are, are sort of giving back to to keep everyone on a on a simmer like the like you said earlier you know the Decanio era well the Decanio era had a lot of money in it and Decanio, although got you know fitness levels up, he also changed his squad two or three times over a season, which isn't going to happen. And well, we all know what happened at the end of the Andrew Black Decanio era. We're here now. We're still feeling the after effects of it. <laughs> it's like is any any narrative around Decanio somehow just parks the fact he was a complete ass as well, which was, was <laughs> forgotten permanently. That that era was brilliant. You know, apart from Andrew Black falling out with Jeremy Ray, Black withdrawing funding, selling to McCrory, McCrory teaming up with Power, Power taking it from McCrory, and Power era happening, and here we are. That it's a direct chain. It's not like a well, no, it's you know, it's not really the same, is it? It's, it's literally the same. Morfuni is here because Power was here, and Power is here because McCrory is here, and he he got the club on the cheap from from Andrew Black and also like the Ginium game in 2009 does not have any bearing on this season at all no season does it's its own unique thing but I guess you know fans just like clinging on to that but the worst one if I'm on my soapbox is the Bristol Rovers thing oh, you know can't have this conversation anybody who anybody who says yeah look at Bristol look what Bristol Rovers did last year like do you not understand that was a one one in a million like, don't use that as your example. Like, <laughs> Those why not last two games? We, there is significantly more chance we do what Stevenage did last year than what Bristol Rovers did last year if we are in that position after ten games. Yeah, Obviously, so it, it was a freak of nature. Yeah, but I mean, I'm leaning against. I'm leaning to sort of towards the negative side. I do get why why fans are just tired of people just saying stick a fork in this season we're done on the weekend starting the 13th of August it just doesn't feel right to me and you know I'm certainly not doing that I wish I could agree with you Rich I I <laughs> do you know do you, 43 it's not, games left it's not it, it, it's absolutely not over, but what is clear is that things need to change. And I don't, I'm not yeah. suggesting management or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just suggesting the how we behave as a club, particularly on the field at the moment, is is just really concerning. And it's not about the three games that we've played. It's not about the, the results. You know, you can three games is nothing if you boil this down to results. It's the general direction of travel. It's it's the way that we're applying ourselves in those games. That's concerning. Um, I, I just despise the idea of us not competing, you know, not competing with Harrogate, not competing with Walsall, not competing with um, with Carlisle for, for for large parts of that game, you know, I've I've seen I've seen lots of te- lots of chat online that's basically saying, well, or Orient, well they'll they'll come and stuff us. What? Like, how is that okay? How is it okay to be in a position where we we're just now accepting getting stuffed by Orient on a Tuesday night because because that's where we are as a club. If 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 that if where we are as a club is accepting complete and utter lack of a challenge to get out of this league, then everything about this club needs to change from top to bottom. If because I don't believe I don't believe anybody in the club is accepting that. And if they are, they need to leave immediately. Well, you know, Brunton Park is a hard place to go. It's not a hard place to go. <laughs> Literally went there like four months ago and played them off the park. It's not a hard place to go. It's it's no harder than any other place to go. It's complete nonsense. <laughs> The idea of us not competing to get out of this league. We went to Walsall in the, and didn't even try to win the game. Like, how embarrassing is that? It's embarrassing. Like, oh, you know, or in on Tuesday, well, they'll stuff us. What? Are we, are, we, are we now not able to compete with Leighton Orion? Is that where we are? And if that is where we are and people are accepting of that, then I don't know. Like, it, it, we are on course. If, if that's the case, we we will finish in the lowest league position we've ever had. Um, and it, and if people are happy with that, then they are very different people to me. Yeah. So Tuesday is the second return of Richie Wellens since he left us as manager. Um, he was successful 
last time uh, when Swindon were really quite good. He comes to the county ground having won all their league fixtures so far and they haven't conceded a goal either. Yeah, so, you know, nice 2-1 win, surely. I, I, I think Orin will win comfortably. Um, no. Oh. Orin. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm, but just just to clarify, I'm not happy about that or accepting of that. Unlike some some people, it's hard not, even though it's still August and all the caveats are applied and absolutely loaded here. But it's very hard to not worry for Scott Lindsay if we were to lose against Leighton Orient and then Rochdale are. Seemingly a worse team than Swindon, that puts so much pressure on us next Saturday to get a result, which will have to be a win in August. And if we don't get a win at home against Rochdale, if we don't beat Orient, then just the mood is going to be very difficult to negotiate for Swindon. I think you'll just you'll just continue to have this further polarization among the fan base, and ultimately that polarization will be what what kills us in the end. Um, no matter how bad it gets, expect some fans to 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 play the to play the card that we should be just thankful that we're here. And, and sport isn't about being thankful we're here. Sport is about trying to win. Um, and and if we if we're not genuinely competing to get out of this league, then there are there are big warning signs. I I I think we've got to be really really careful that this season doesn't get out of hand really quickly. Um, and it is only three games. When three becomes six or seven. That's when I think I, th- I think things will start um, will start getting louder. We've just got we've got to be super careful. Um, and, and again, I'm, I, look, winning games winning games absolutely is what we should be looking at. But I'm more interested in the development of our of, of our play, um, having some intensity, having some patterns of play, having players who look like they've played with each other, building on some in, some some partnerships and some combos, some triangles of, of, of players that are starting to impact the game. None of that was none of that was there on um, on, on Saturday. There's there's very little sort of cohesion or thought out patterns of play. It it, it, it it's very very sort of light touch, um, and, and sort of get out there and, and see what happens as a group of individuals and win, lose or draw on Tuesday. All I, I just want to see some genuine progress in, in our style of play. Rich, how, how do you, how would you sum up our current style of play? I can't put my, I can't put my, my no. it, there, it doesn't see, there's no identity, is there? I can't write the season off, but I can't say I've been particularly happy with what I've seen so far. And uh, our first half against Salford because of the very impressive way we dealt being down to 10 men that first half and 11 men was totally unacceptable and it was just so disjointed and that's the term that everyone's using because we don't really know what's going on do we we just we use the term disjointed because we're like trying to figure out what what we're trying to do and like you said we've got to take control of this season and what we do on the pitch and how we are set up is a big part of that. We've got to get hold of it ASAP, haven't we? I, I just want to see some identity. Like, I don't mind when a plan is taking time to come together, so long as there is th- th- there is clear there's a plan, which is sort of where I was with Ben Garner at the start of last season. Um, and obviously that plan then changed as, as, as certain individuals came, came to the fore and we adapted shape a couple of times. But ultimately... There was a very clear identity from day one. Even on opening day, there was a really clear identity, just despite the fact that players-wise, we were five, six, seven, eight short of where we, where we wanted to be. I genuinely don't know what what plan A is here. I don't know what plan A is. I don't know what the identity is. We we don't seem to dominate the football. We don't we don't press high. We're not intense. We're not fast starters like we were under Wellens. We're not sort of tornado football win the ball back within three seconds but nor are we dominate the foot you know as i said dominate the football and 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 sort of death by a thousand cuts past them to death um lots of direct long straight balls down the sides despite our front three being all under five for eight it's it's, it's very peculiar and I, I just want to see some clear patterns of play some clear thoughts some clear plans 
that we can then sort of understand and genuinely analyze because at the moment there's nothing is there there's nothing there's nothing you can't really talk about how we're playing apart from saying it's not very good yeah yeah but are there green shoots are there is there light emerging in this tunnel i think the green shoots are the individuals yeah i think for, for me they're the individuals i think i think wakelin as, as we said earlier um looks to have more about him than i thought he was going to um there's definitely some depth there that we didn't think i think Seydou Khan looks like a real wild card. I can't get my head around whether he whether he's brilliant, whether he was brilliant or awful on Saturday, and I think he was probably both <laughs> in measure. Very sort of hard, hard fella to watch play and sort of um, analyse, if you will. But I think he's got moments in him that will really change the game if you build a solid team around him. Um, ben Gladwin's in brilliant form. He, he was he was you know certainly one of our better players on Saturday again. Harry McCurdy looked looked close to being um, the Harry McCurdy that we fell in love with last season on Saturday. So I think the, the the green shoots are the individual performances, but those individuals, any any good, any successful team is greater than the sum of its parts. And at the moment, we look at best the sum of our parts. Well, well, a fun week ahead. Let's hope it's six points and happy days and people oh, just... Sighing a big sigh of relief, but we'll soon find out. Terry, thank you very much. Here's Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford, and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.